Welcome to Revolution Podcast, a place where we discuss the Bible, culture, faith, and why it matters for you. I'm Quinn, and this is my co-host, Chase. And if you're looking for a podcast that explores the revolutionizing power of Christ in your life, then this is the show for you. Welcome back to Revolution Podcast. Yes. Uh, I'm Chase. I'm Quinn. Wow. And we have got an episode planned today. Our episode today is about, oh, what was the title we were going to use? I don't think we had a title. I think how, it was just, what? how has scripture impacted our lives? That's a good title. Let's, let's use that. Anyways, for this episode about how scripture has impacted our lives, me and Quinn have both compiled lists yes. of scripture passages or verses that have personally impacted us a lot. We're holding them right now, mm-hmm. pen and paper lists. And we are going to exchange lists for the first time. Mm-hmm. Right now, then I think the way we're going to do this episode, essentially the idea right now is to hear kind of personally the way scripture has impacted us, change our lives so that we can both get a better idea. And hopefully you guys who are listening can get a better idea of the way scripture can change your mind, your heart and your actions. And we just want to explore that through a very personal lens today. Um, and we're going to do that by, we have these lists, we're going to exchange and then we're going to each, we're each going to choose um a passage from the other person's list, and then the other person has to explain what that passage means to them, how it's affected their lives. So making it a little bit fun, a little back and forth sort of thing. But this is the moment to exchange the list. Are you ready? I'm ready. Wait, okay, three, two, two one. one. No way. You chose that verse? Wow. Have you even read the Bible? <laughs> Wow, dude. I'm judging you so much right now. You didn't add second revelation? I can't believe you don't have third Corinthians on here. You don't have Mark 16? Second hesitation is missing. <laughs> I would use the first eight verses of Mark 16. But like, <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. We're going, we going to do this. Okay. Um, can, I, can I ask you one first? You want to go first? Yeah, yeah. Sure. Go for it. Okay. Go ahead. Pick one for me. <laughs> I'm thinking, any, mm, any, Matthew six fifteen to seven, sixteen. Sorry, yeah. Matthew sixteen fifteen to seventeen. Matthew sixteen fifteen and seventeen. Gotta start off with the gospel. With the gospel. Okay, let me read it for you. Matthew sixteen fifteen and seventeen says, "He said to them, Jesus, but who do you say? I can't believe you started us off with this one, dude. Um, I don't know the verse. But who do you <laughs> say that I am?" Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. Okay. Okay. Let me, I, I'm just going to pull this up so I can find you it. You can kind of well. have your eye on that. Why, what about this verse for you is like, man, this is amazing. This, okay. this, how has this impacted you? Because, yeah. um, Matthew 16, 15 to 17. 17. Yeah. So this verse, the reason this verse impacted me so much was actually not through like personal study of it, but I came across a sermon by Jonathan Edwards, who I, I know I mention a lot, but Jonathan Edwards wrote a sermon on this and, and I found it in like a small collection of his works that I was reading. Mm-hmm. Um, and so th- this passage from Matthew was the text of the whole sermon. And the sermon is called A Divine and Supernatural Light. Um, mm-hmm. And it like this, sir, I remember it was very recently that I, that I read this. It, it was in September. Uh, I, I just moved to school. Um, 
I found this book in the library. I was like, I like Jonathan Edwards. I'm learning about him. I'm going to take this out just to mm-hmm. read a few of his little things. Found this one sermon, started reading it. And for half an hour, 45 minutes, I was glued to my seat. It was Dang. night. I, I remember I was sitting by a window and I just read it and I got chills, like goosebumps all over my arms yeah. and body just from the way he explained this verse. And the the... I got a few. I wrote down a few quotations from this sermon just to kind of get yeah, yeah. like a taste of how he writes and what his ideas were. His basic idea, the doctrine that he pulls from this text, is that quote: "There is such a thing as a spiritual and divine light immediately imparted to the soul by God," and he says that this light. This is how he describes it: "It is a true sense of the divine excellency of the things revealed in the Word of God." and a conviction of the truth and reality of them, therefore arising. And is it is a spiritual and saving conviction of the truth and reality of these things, uh, and that arises from such a sight of their divine excellency and glory, so that this conviction of their truth is an effect and natural consequence of this sight of their divine glory. He's, he's a beautiful writer, right? Like right off the yeah. bat, like he writes so well. But... This one for me, um, I, I, let, let me read like the, the application points he gives from a sermon. One, the reality of this doctrine should make us reflect on God's goodness. Mm-hmm. Only God can give this light, and it's, it's the light that shines into the heart and saves and converts. Yeah. Only God can give it, and he will often hide it from the wise and proud and reveal it to little children. If we have received the light, it is purely a blessing and a privilege. And I was blown away by that. I was like, this, like, the, the knowledge of Christ that saves me is completely a gift. I had nothing to do. It was just given to me, mm-hmm. right? And then his second application point is that we should examine ourselves to determine if we truly have received such an illumination. Are the things of God so sweet and excellent and delightful to me? Mm-hmm. And that's what convicted me so deeply about this sermon because I've often gone days or weeks without feeling like a delight in the things of God, you know, like yeah. during a worship set, often I'll have some nice feelings, maybe in a good time of prayer, maybe once in a blue moon while I'm reading my Bible. But at that time I would go so long just living, having my normal life. And then yeah. I'd have these brief moments of like pleasure mm-hmm. in God. And Edwards challenged me that the light that God gives that Jesus describes in that passage from Matthew should illuminate my heart to the things of God so much that I constantly savor them. So that just challenged me a lot to push into seeing and savoring God in everything, every single day. So that, that was a huge, huge impact for me. Does that make sense? Yeah. And do you find that you've been able to take that, that time when you were reading, uh, this passage and Edwards's sermon. Have you mm-hmm. found uh, it made an impact in your life since September? Absolutely. Um, and, w- and what does that look like? For sure. The greatest impact has been seeing everything every day as a chance to enjoy God. Mm-hmm. Suddenly, the breakfast I eat is a gift from God. Suddenly the conversation with a friend is a chance to glorify God. And I mean, that works out in so many practical ways, it's hard to list them all, but the effect of it all has been a solid happiness that just rests on me. 
mm-hmm. because the things of God are everywhere. They're, they're in the sights I see in nature. They're in my friends, my loved ones, his word. It's in prayer. Mm-hmm. And so to have, like, I don't know what's more <laughs> practical than joy, right? Everybody wants, I want to be happy so deeply. Everybody mm-hmm. does. Yeah. And this passage and Edward's preaching on it is what pushed me and pointed me towards this light is so powerful from the hand of God that joy should be constant. And so I began seeking after that. And as Jesus said, seek and you will find, mm-hmm. right? And so the biggest practical effect of this passage was to push me into seeking joy and finding joy from God in everything in my life. And it, it, that's not a hundred percent, you know, I, I hope to be there completely one day. I'm not there, yeah. but the growth has been crazy. So mm-hmm. that's, that's the biggest thing. Yeah. And that's so amazing because it's, that's also something we see a lot in the Psalms. As I was reading the Psalms today and it was like, I, as I was reading it, I was like, oh, it doesn't matter. Um, I think I'm going to say it's David. There's a good chance the writer was David. Um, but he was like, Lord, I pray that you would take these, this affliction, this away from me. But it was through that throughout the Psalm, you still saw praise towards God. And it's like, like you said, in every situation, whether it's with friends, whether it's with family, loved ones, whatever it is, there's still always opportunity to share the gospel, yeah. but also to praise God no matter what. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's good. Can I pick one from yours? Yes. Yeah. Are you ready? I think so. I want to do Luke 5 verses 5 and 8. Yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah, so... This for me was one that um, when I was at Bible school, my one of the lecturers who came in, they always did a Sunday night chapel mm. and then they would lecture all week. Right. So then they'd do three lectures a day, right? And so he came in and he spoke on Jesus um, calling the first disciples. Mm. So he asks, um, so the disciples are fishing, right? Yeah. yeah. And so he calls one of them and he calls Simon and he says, put out into the deep and let your nets, let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered, master, we toiled all night and took nothing, but at your word, I will let down the nets. And then it goes in and they catch a ton of fish. Yeah. Right. And then in verse eight, it says, but when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, depart from me for I am a sinful man. O Lord. Hmm. And this story, amazing, but what I loved and what he actually hit on was the master versus Lord. Mm. So there was a, a distinction at the beginning. He's like, right. oh, this is Jesus. He didn't really know him. Like right. he, he didn't know him. Right. But he's like, you know what? I'll obey this dude. And he's like master, which was a sign of like, I'll follow you. I'll listen to you, mm. but you're not my everything. Mm-hmm. Right. And then he, he realizes who who this is and and he recognizes he's like depart from me for i'm a sinful man oh lord he's mm-hmm. like i'm not worthy to be in your presence i i guess more the thought that he had with that sermon was is jesus your master just someone you listen to once in a while and you'll maybe read his word mm-hmm. or is he lord over everything right is he the one who i desire to follow every single day every moment of my life right and for me that was challenging because i'm like huh I, I hope the answer is yes. Hmm. I, I would hope that Jesus is my Lord and he's someone that I want to follow every single day, every single second of my life. Um, 
but is he right and so over this time it's been like yeah i need i might need to spend some more time reading the word Mm. i might need to um spend some more time in prayer because i i can feel often like like i'm not always living the best life that i could for christ right that makes sense yeah can i ask you a question there yeah yeah Besides like the internal wrestlings, maybe how has that worked out in your actions and the way you live or things like that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think for me, part of it means that I just need to honor, honor people in a more wholesome and loving way. Sometimes just asking, Hey Chase, what's really going on? Because often it's, how's it going? Good, good. But you don't get any deeper surface level. Yeah. Yeah. But I think for me, it's just been taking that extra step of trying to care. Mm. And I think that's something that even over the past week, it's been like, no, this is something that I want to do. And even at our youth leaders meeting, something that our worship uh, director was saying, it was like, yeah, I need to press in. Right. If, if Jesus is my Lord and Savior, someone that I want to follow in every single day, every single second of my life, yeah. then I should also want to bring these people in to the relationship that I want to have. Right. with Christ. Right. So it's pushing you relationally, right? Mm-hmm. Like I need to reach out to these people the way Jesus would have. Yeah. Imitate him as Lord. Okay. So we've both gotten through one item on our lists now. I don't know how many of these we'll be able to go through. I put down five, you put down six. We probably won't be able to get through all those, but we have that option. Okay. For round two, we're going into round two now. Okay. We have to pick an entry from the Old Testament for this next one. So you have to pick an Old Testament one and I have to pick one too. You you do know I only put one Old Testament. No, you have two Old Testaments. Oh, you're right. I put a Psalm and Isaiah. Yeah. Wow. Spoilers. <laughs> we might not get to them. We so. might not. All right, go ahead. Okay. Okay. Hosea 3, mm, 1 to 5. That's a good passage. All right, let me read it here. Hosea 3, verses 1 through 5. And Yahweh said to me, go again. Love a woman who is loved by another man and is an adulteress, even as Yahweh loves the children of Israel, though they turn to other gods and love cakes of raisins. So I bought her for 15 shekels of silver and a homer and a lethic of barley. And I said to her, you must dwell as mine for many days. Um, if you're listening with kids, uh, the Bible uses a, a word that kids might have questions about. We'll continue here. And I said to her, you must dwell as mine for many days. You shall not play the whore or belong to another man. So will I also be to you. For the children of Israel shall dwell many days without king or prince, without sacrifice or pillar, without ephod or household gods. Afterward, the children of Israel shall return and seek Yahweh their God and David their king. And they shall come in fear to Yahweh and to his goodness in the latter days. Yeah, you want to get into this one? A it's intense. Bit? It's intense. Jose is an intense. A lot of the prophets are intense. Yeah. Jose was, is no exception. I was just heard you say in the first verse, and I was like, okay. It's a little shocking, isn't yeah, it? What, what, so, yeah. So let, let me explain a little bit. The yeah. story of Hosea is that he was a man called by God to live out God's relationship with Israel. Mm-hmm. Hosea was called, you can read the first few chapters, he marries a woman. So this represents, so Hosea in this case is representing God, the woman's representing Israel, right? You hear about Yahweh and his bride, you can mm-hmm. hear Christ and his bride, that's the way we usually think about it. So Hosea marries this woman and the relationship's going well at first. They have a child together, things are great. Mm-hmm. And then this woman goes off and starts sleeping with other men. 
and that represents Israel, and we can link this to the modern. It didn't mean this in the context, but there is a reflection of this in the in the modern church. Yeah. This represented Israel's going to worship other gods, mm-hmm. right? Baal is yeah. a concrete example. Asherah, lots along mm-hmm. those lines, right? Even the golden calf to a certain extent. So they go off. And what what does a man normally do if his wife sleeps with other men and has children with them, which Gomer, Hosea's wife, did. Well, you divorce her, right? Yeah. That's not God's approach to his love. Mm-hmm. Rather than cast off his chosen people, yeah. he buys them back. Literally, the word is redeem, right? We hear that Christ's, what, what is it? His redemption. We have redemption in Christ. That word redeem is a word that means to buy back. Mm-hmm. So Yahweh, and in this case, Hosea, literally has to buy back his wife, mm-hmm. and then uh, secludes her for a bit. And that's the picture. And the picture is he's explaining the what's the context here historically. Israel's in exile. Yeah, Assyria is coming. They're gone, or Assyria is coming. Right? Yeah. It's like how could this happen if Yahweh's in control? Well, you've been unfaithful, and he's buying you back. You're still his, but mm-hmm. he is keeping you away from these things. The explanation comes in those last few verses there, right? The children of Israel will dwell many days without king or prince. They're going to be gone out of the land. But the point, what's the point? Verse five, afterward, the children of Israel shall return and seek Yahweh their God. So what stunned me in this is that I, like, I had an idea of love, but, but this, the, the primary effect of this passage in Hosea's story in general was that it changed the way I thought about God's love for us and the love we ought to have for one another, especially in terms of marriage, right? Like we can all imagine the pain of a husband whose wife continuously cheats on him. You know, the great betrayal and Mm -hmm. anger that must come. And like this story uses that pain to get, to let us just begin to grasp the staggering grief God feels when we turn from him to seek things that we see as better. Um, mm-hmm. These things could be sex, as is laid out in this story. It could be work. It could be sports, giving in to emotions, right? Like serving emotions rather than God, like anger. It could be the pursuit of money or a relationship, all these things. Yeah. And, and like the grief is just brought so vividly into picture. And it's like, why doesn't he leave? Why doesn't he cast me off? Why doesn't he get rid of me? And just that kind of love staggers me. So like as a, a, a guy coming into the young adult age and going off to college and building my own life out, outside of um, the context in which I grew up, as I've contemplated marriage and what that entails over this last year, this passage has massively influenced my thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, it's easy, especially for us guys, I think, at least from what I've seen, maybe girls struggle with this too, but it's easy to be afraid of commitment in relationships, right? <laughs> yep. Right? <laughs> like... I think we've both had our own struggles in that, in that area. Yeah. I know like every male mentor I've had who I've talked to, I've shared that with, they're like, oh yeah, me too. I'm like, oh, okay. This, <laughs> is, this, is, a, this is a thing. Um, and that may come from hurt that we've experienced in relationships, mm-hmm. romantic or otherwise in the past. It could be a fear of longevity or a bad experience, seeing like parental divorce or something in our childhood. There's yeah. lots of reasons. But in any case, Hosea's story completely changed my thinking as meditated on it. Marriage, mm-hmm. if you work hard at it, and especially if you marry a fellow believer, will almost always turn out well. And that's not to say it's going to be perfect um, or easy. It needs your full-time attention. Like It's a full-time, full-time mm-hmm. thing to care for that relationship. But imagine the worst case scenario. I think Hosea had the worst case scenario. God yeah. 
has, I, I don't mean this theologically, but just in the terms of this, the worst case scenario in the relationship mm-hmm. he has with humanity. They cheat on you, right? Mm-hmm. Not only once, but repeatedly. And in Hosea's case, had Gomer had children with other men yeah. too, right? That's the worst case scenario. And if we find ourselves in that worst case scenario, we've been given a chance to experience the emotions just a little bit, the emotions of our God, mm-hmm. and to glorify him by using the patience and love and kindness his spirit gives us and to reflect his relationship to his chosen people. That's worst case scenario mm-hmm. in a marriage. And so like, just as, as that's changed the way I've thought, um, it's, it's helped me understand God Mm-hmm. more and it's brought me to tears sometimes just just thinking of the way i've acted in my own life and this just lets me understand how he must feel about that and it's given me peace for the future um mm-hmm. as i've thought about relationships and that sort of thing and it's helped me as i've talked with other guys about marriage and dating and processing all that it's like mm-hmm. that like this should be a picture of god and israel and god in the church right mm-hmm. like faithfulness in the face of unfaithfulness and you're reflecting god and that's a that's a a privilege, right? What did the mm-hmm. apostles say? It was worthy. They felt honor that they were counted worthy to suffer for the name. Yeah. Right? So, yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. I want to pick an Old Testament passage for you. And since we just did a prophet, you know, actually, I like Isaiah. I'm going to pick Isaiah for you. Isaiah 41 verse, what is that? 10? 10. Isaiah 41, 10. All yes. right. What do you got? This is one of my, my favorite verses. It okay. says, fear not for I am with you. Be not dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Mm. I love this verse for multiple reasons. I don't have a lot of context for this verse. That's all right. No, um, you're, you're good. For me, it's just something that I heard back in September, October was Christ above me, Christ below me, Christ around me, Christ in me. And for me, that that kind of, you can look at this passage and just be like, Wherever you go, no matter what situation you're in, God is with you. Yeah. Um, and for me, that's just given me massive comfort knowing that whatever situation, whatever thing life throws at me, yeah. I don't have to fear because Christ is, he's right there mm-hmm. for me. He's, he's there to strengthen me. He's there for me to just cry to him. Right. He's there for me to just cry out and praise and i think it's just for me been a really helpful thing knowing how near and dear christ is right to everybody right yeah does that make sense totally have there been situations where knowing that and having that ingrained in you have there been situations that you feel like you would have approached differently if you hadn't had that with you has it changed the way you live it's helped me where there's times when maybe I could have gone out in anger Hmm. towards people or God and just been like, no, I'm done with all this. I'm just going to lash out. But it's like, no, God is choosing me. He's choosing to keep me and everything. And he, he has a plan through literally everything. Right. And so I know the best response is to love him through this because he's loved me through it all. Hmm. And he, has helped me through that continuously right yeah that's really good yeah man okay how much what, what time are we at do we have time for one more each um let me see 
Yeah, I would say one more each. One more each? Yeah. All right. Like, All right. What do you got for me? Okay. Give me something good. Well, hmm. You know, we both love our Romans. No, no, do something different. Do something. I feel like we mentioned Rome. I feel like we've mentioned Actually, this we passage about, before. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Do, do something different. Uh, we'll do, you know what? Philippians is good. Okay. Philippians 3, 7 to 9. Actually, you're right. Do I have a Romans verse on mine? No. You got a lot of Gospels and Isaiah and Psalms. Oh, and Galatians. Oh, yeah. right. Yeah, I had a Romans one down. I was like, mm, we don't need 10 verses in there. <laughs> we both had to stop ourselves at a certain point with these lists. Yeah. All right, Philippians 3. What did I say? 7 through 9? Yeah. Okay. This is Paul writing. He's, in just a brief context, he's coming up. He's listing all the, um, like, his achievements before he came to Christ, before he was a Christian, everything great according to the world that he'd done. He says this, but, verse 7 of chapter 3, but whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him. And I'll stop there. It's the first part of verse nine we stopped at. All right. I mean, that, that verse obviously sounds nice, right? Like, it's just like, oh, yeah, I yeah. agree with that. But you just want to stand up and go, yeah, Paul, keep going. <laughs> keep going. He does for a little while. <laughs> Another chapter. He's got at least one more chapter, yeah. So this passage has cemented my thinking around the concept of sacrifice for the Christian, right? Mm-hmm. So listen, listen to that bit in the verse again. He, he says, I've suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish. And this is the key thing. Listen to this. In order that mm-hmm. I may gain Christ and be found in him. So good. Yeah. Like Paul's point, the logical connection there, in order that, to gain Christ to be found in Christ, you have to count everything as loss. Mm-hmm. You ha- Whatever you hold close to your chest away from Christ, right? Like you're like, I'll follow you, Jesus, but I'm keeping this one thing, right? Uh, I, I've, 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 like, you know, the, this porn habit I've got going on. I'm, go- you know, I'm going to be at church. Trust me. I'm going to be a youth leader. Trust me. I'm going to be nice to people. Trust- but I'm, I'm just keeping this one thing. Okay. This is for me. Mm-hmm. Whatever part of yourself, be it a a pornography addiction, be it laziness, be it angry words towards a certain, be it gossip, be it slandering somebody, be it what you listen to music-wise, what you watch, any part of yourself, of your life Mm -hmm. that you keep from Jesus is a part of yourself that won't be in Jesus. It's Mm -hmm. a part of yourself that won't enjoy Christ. Everything you keep away from him keeps you from him. Okay. So personally, what, what is that? You know, that, how did I learn that? I, I, I didn't know this verse when, when this lesson happened to me. The chief thing God has asked me to give up is a relationship I was in not long after becoming a Christian. Right? Yeah. Now, I, I, like I said, I hadn't studied. I hadn't read Philippians at this point. I had no good idea of like this kind of idea of sacrifice, mm-hmm. right? What the point was. But um, me and that girl were in a lot of prayer over this relationship, a lot of discussion. But we were feeling uneasy and we decided that the best thing to do, even though we cared very deeply about each other and didn't want to do, necessarily want to do this, we decided to end our relationship. Mm-hmm. And even amid all, like truly, like some of the really terrible difficulties that came out of that right like like some intense loneliness my relation um sorry my uh, 
uh, guilt. Guilt came out of that. I, I felt estranged uh, from certain people in my life, right? Yeah. Even amid all of that, my relationship with God flourished like it never had before. And I had no idea, I didn't know mm-hmm. why. And suddenly just so many things in my heart and my head started clicking into place. Disciplines became enjoyable. I don't know, I didn't know what it was. And then I read those verses in Philippians 3 and it mm-hmm. absolutely blew my mind, right? And this has changed the way I view a lot of things in my life. I, so here's something about me that maybe people don't know. I used to love rap music, right? Loved it. Um, did you know that about me? I knew you liked Eminem. Yeah, was I, was, I, I have this in my notes. So I, I, I used to work out fairly often and Eminem was all I'd listen to while I worked out, right? I listened to, I, <laughs> I don't know. I listened to a lot of Eminem, okay? Yeah. I don't know. It was, I, maybe it was just a phase or something. But I, like, I genuinely, I just enjoyed that music. Um, and I gave that up, right? To become a Christian. Um, I had a dream of being a lawyer. Yeah. That. I had planned and detailed for years. I had this for years, been building up for years, and I gave that up. I had ways of talking. I struggled with gossip for a long time. I, I'm still working on that. Uh, it, it was not God honoring, and I'm, you know, I, I fought to give that up. The Spirit has opened my eyes to all these practices and more, and He still is from my life before mm-hmm. God that I was clinging to, that I needed to let go in order to gain intimate companionship with Jesus, mm-hmm. right? And I'm still, obviously, I'm still on that journey. I am yeah. not there. I've, I've, you, listen, you will never arrive. I've never arrived. I, I won't until yeah. I, I arrive in heaven. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm, I'm still learning to sacrifice and search out sinful habits. But God has instructed me so much through that passage in Philippians, right? Mm-hmm. I count everything as gain so that without doing this, I cannot gain Christ. Yeah. I will not have Jesus as a friend, as a, as a helper. He won't, like, I, I won't experience, like, divine and supernatural light, right? Mm-hmm. I won't experience and see and savor the sweetness of the glory of God mm-hmm. until that stuff is, like, emptied out of my life, right? Everything I hold on to keeps me from him. So it's a big lesson, very yeah. practical mm-hmm. for me and very practical, and it's outworking in the way it's changed uh, the way I try to approach things. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Questions from that or does that make sense? No, that that was very clear, I thought. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. That was really good. I got one for you. Uh you chose one of Paul's letters, so I want to choose one of Paul's letters. Galatians four verses four through seven. All right. I this has become one of my favorite passages. I think I've said that about all of them. Yeah. I I love all of the ones I wrote um, down. And the ones you wrote down actually. Yeah. I this was another one that I heard over the past three, four months. And I honestly remember sitting in lectures. We weren't talking about Galatians anymore at this point. But I remember just staring at my Bible, just looking at this, just honestly being awe of this verse. And I'm convinced I'm going to get a tattoo of this reference one day. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Bold statement. That I'm, is a bold statement. Is that but a, it says, does that count I, as a prophecy? Pardon? Does that count as a prophecy? Uh, we'll stone you if it doesn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kidding. That was a joke. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Okay, go ahead. Go. Um, <laughs> so yeah. Galatians 4, 4 to 7. I referenced this in our last episode as well. Mm-hmm. And it says, But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as, as sons. Yeah. And because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a son, and if a son, then an heir through God. And in this passage, I 
I honestly love it because I think the way that it sums up the gospel is mm. so incredible. Yeah. Um, just in, in, in verse four and five, it says, but when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law. And, and just that piece of just God, I mean, I think Archer just talked about this a lot. It's like God could have sent Jesus to just overthrow Caesar mm-hmm. and he could have sent him in a very big and mighty way, but instead he chose to do it. Born of a woman, born under law, born just in a very oppressed life yeah. to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. I, I love this part because... Um, it shows that, it, I mean, in the Old Testament, they were under the law. They were living in the law so closely that um, they were caring more about following the law than following uh, Jesus. Right. And they wanted to please people and please um, the Bible, maybe, mm-hmm. more than what God wanted. And so in this, Christ came to fulfill the law. And instead, he He said, he said the Old Covenant is gone. Instead, it's, I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. Mm. And no one comes to the Father except through me. Yeah. But it's also, he sent his sons that we could be set free from living under the restraint of, of proving yourself. And right. instead, proving yourself and trying to be good enough. Because I right. think that's what a lot of people tried to do with the law. Mm. Is just, oh, I have to be good enough for God. I have to um, be good enough and I follow these, this number of rules, then God will have favor on me. Right. Right, but you still often struggle with. I think even as Christians. Well, and that's that's the one thing that I love about this verse, is because it's like so we have received adoption. Right. We've received something that we don't deserve. We yeah. we deserve wrath, like like we said. Yes. And instead, we have this family that we get to be adopted into. We get to live in the freedom of that. Right. And so you're no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. It means we don't have to have this struggle between me and wanting to please God, please others. Right. When if we're already in Christ, God already looks in, on us with favor. For me, a big thing that I, I did was I read my Bible to t- check the box mm. and I prayed because I thought it was a good thing to do. And on the side, I'd listen to some worship music because it's good. Right? <laughs> I like that on the side. And as I was in this community yeah. of people, it was more like, no, I I read my Bible. I have a love for God because the Bible is so rich. And that's something I'm still learning. Mm-hmm. I, I've had to learn over the past little while. Right. And I pray because because I want to also grow in my relationship with God. Right. I I listen to worship music because I, I find it very fulfilling. And sometimes I recognize truths about God in some of the music that I didn't realize before or I needed reminding of. Right. And I go to church not just because it's the thing that I've always done on Sunday, but it's because I want to be reminded of the scripture. I want to be filled with worship of people who are like-minded believers around me. Yeah. And so if anything, this verse has taught me that I am free from living in this me trying to prove myself, but rather it's more about the gospel and me living out my love for Christ in every single way of my life. Right. Hmm. Okay, so relationships, uh, listening habits, practices from day to day, the way we approach situations, our fear, our happiness. These are a lot of big things in life. Yeah. Right? A lot of work. We talk, we touched on careers. Um, scripture has shaped all this for us. It's mm-hmm. formed 
every aspect of our lives, the way we see ourselves, we both touched on that as well. It's formed everything about us. Mm-hmm. And it still is, right? Uh, it's not like that's done. Paul says, continuously be transformed by mm-hmm. the renewing of your mind. Yeah. To sum it up, this idea of how the scriptures change our life. What's one or two short takeaways or summations or thoughts you have on that that you want to leave people with? Yeah, I would I would say um, every single verse has something extraordinary to understand about God. Yeah, and as you understand things about God, you can also understand things about yourself, mm. and then from that you can understand how to apply it. Right. Yeah, so. that's really good. I would say that if you want to live well, if you want to approach relationships right, if you want to know how to live in your career, if you want to know everything we've talked about, if you want to be formed and shaped into the image of God, the only way is the scriptures. There's no other way. His divine power is granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. It's the Bible. It's Mm -hmm. his word. So study it. Read it. Learn to love it. Meditate on it. Talk about it. What did Deuteronomy? Bind these things on your on your wrists and on your forehead. That means that represents actions and thoughts. Talk about it with everybody. Teach them to your children. It should be everywhere, plastered all over our hearts, minds, and lives. So, just something to think about. Anyways, we're going to wrap it up. Uh, we'd appreciate if you guys left a review if you're able. Uh, it helps us a lot. Keep on social media for different things we'll be doing. And we will see you here next week as always. See ya.